A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. It's the Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. You know, here's a guy. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the You heard the laughter of Chris Mascaro. So why do you love Liv so much? I'll reach across and slap no. him. We fired J.R. Ross. This court case doesn't matter. I didn't feel the need to acknowledge it. This guy can roll his rock. Big match coming up. I'm going to be Nina Caddy. What am I? You have circled an area of interest. No, I'm just not right. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. I'd be expecting a lawsuit. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the hall, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me. This is a waste of everybody's time. Gunga, galunga. Happy Sunday, folks. This is the Golf Show on the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. I'm Chris Mascaro alongside J.R. Ross from Team Ross Golf. Good morning, J.R. Morning, Chris. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Colin Madden is on the other side of the glass. BK is off covering, I think, a member guest tournament somewhere in uh, South Georgia. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. Is that right, J.R.? Is that where he's at? I think he's in parts unknown. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're kidding, of course. Brian yeah. is covering the Valspar Championship. <laughs> Rumor has it he'll actually back, be back with us next week, so we're looking forward he to may, having He may grace us with his presence next week. <laughs> we're hoping, yes. right? Fingers crossed. JR, the golf world is a buzz over the USGA and the RNA saying they want to roll the golf ball back. They, want, they don't want it to go so far as it's been traveling lately. And before we get into the avalanche of reaction about that, including our own, by the way, I want to set the scene for everybody. The USGA and the RNA, they came out with their distance report back in February. They put one out every year. Back in 2018, they did a global distance and golf insight project. And, and in these distance reports, they took all seven major tours from around the world, men and women's professional and amateur tours, about 285,000 drives they looked at. And the average driving distance is taken on two holes during a tournament. That's the way they do it every week. When you hear about a player's average driving distance in a weekly golf tournament, it's two holes they look at. So they designate those two holes, and then they take shot link data. They can actually take shot link data from every shot at every golf tournament, right? And that's something that hopefully we'll look into, and you can use all that data. And a high-level summary of the report shows that distance has increased about one yard per year every year since 2003. So 20 years, 20 yards on average. The next piece, folks, is important to make note of. In 2022, the average club head speed on the PGA Tour was 114.6, 
with an average launch angle of 10.3, spin rate of nearly 2,600 RPMs. The fastest 1% of the players on tour have a club head speed of 127.5. The top 5%, 124.2. So they're proposing to change the conditions for how the golf ball is tested to make sure that they conform to USGA and RNA standards. They currently test them at 120 miles per hour. There's a lot of other things, you know, revolutions per minute and all that sort of stuff. They're going to change how they test for the, the top 1% to 127 club head speed. 1% again of the tour players can swing it that fast. 37 revolutions per second, 11 degrees of loft. So what does all this mumbo-jumbo mean? Well, it means under the new testing conditions, today's golf ball flies too far. It's going to fly too far when they test it at that rate. They want the golf ball to only carry and roll a distance of 317 yards, no more than 320. Top players like Rory, we all know, driving it somewhere between 325 and 330. So too far. 14 to 15 yards too far. So here's another snapshot that really helped me kind of see this in my mind. In 2003, of the players on the PGA Tour, 7.77% could drive it 320 yards or more. 2022, that average, nearly 20%. So if left alone, where do we go from here? 2033, 2043. I mean, the USGA and the RNA, they can't look at just today. They got to look at where's the game headed? Where are we going to go from here? I mean, 20, 40 years from now, are we going to be seeing guys average 360 off the tees? We have par fours now that are over 500 yards. What are we going to have, 550-yard par fours? I mean, what's, what's, what's the game of golf going to be like? So that is where the USGA and the RNA are stuck. They, they own where the game goes, and they can't wait until it's already gotten there because that's what they've done now. The game's already gotten here. Yeah. It's too late to go back, right? right? right. So, or is it? And that's, that's, what, that's what they're trying to decide. Sure. Can we get that toothpaste back into the tube? Jared, I mean, there's a lot to react to here, and we're going to get into a lot right. of it from current players, you, me, Cullen. I didn't see it. <laughs> from former players as well. But that is what we are left with. What do we do now? Current players don't like the idea. We, we'll hear some, some cuts from that. Old players, right, They're the guys that I talk to every week on Next on the Tee, some of them like it, some of them don't. It's a mixed bag, but it is a big deal. And until we get past this, it's what everybody, you know, everybody's been talking about Liv. Now everyone's going to be talking about this test. Liv kind of went in the back shelf. Yeah, yeah. it's in my back shelf. It's, I it's you always that. in your back pocket. You live in that. You love to live in that yard. Yeah, I do. You know, you know how much I do. But anyway, this is a huge deal. And just... Quickly, your first reaction when you saw it. I just, again, you read the numbers. I think it's a lot to do about not – why do we always change rules that affect so few people and, and, and penalize them for being better? Uh, and I can't wait to talk about the reactions of some of the past tour players and the mindsets. And, and I always look and say, okay, so you feel that way. Why? Yeah. Why, why, why do you feel that way? I would like to know that. That's what I delve into. I'm a, I'm a why kind of guy. I don't understand why 
why is it the golf ball that they're deciding is the problem with distance and all that? Like, you know, obviously the clubs and other things involved in yep. golf have also come a long way. So why is it just the golf ball that they're targeting? Yeah, I mean, there's a, look, there's a lot of ways that we can go with this, right? I mean, right. size of club head, right? That's been out there to talk about, you know, do we take the club head and do we reduce that down? You know, it's harder well, to hit a ball, you know, in that little a smaller sweet spot. The Callaway ERC back in the day was the, the ball came off too fast, so they that illegal. wasn't illegal. So, you know, there, yeah, there's definitely other, Colin, great point. There's other things that you can do to limit distance other than with the golf ball. Um, the shaft and, can be different. And, and, and then, I mean, we have the can of worms I can't wait to open up this morning is talking about designs of the golf course, what can be done there. Right. That's a huge impact on, on how this thing plays out. I mean, right. I, I mean, you trick it up. Yeah. To, to, it just to bring in another sport. I mean, basketball, for example, these guys shoot the ball so much better now than they ever did. Are they going to diminish the size of the goal, or the hoop, <laughs> or, or, or increase the size of the basketball so they Dude, can't ball it as much? I mean, I mean, where do we, why, why, why is golf that we have to penalize progress of people playing better yeah and, and there's there's certainly a lot of other options right and, and and bk and i were actually talking last night and and one of the points that he made is golf is the only sport that doesn't regulate its own rules like major league baseball writes its rules right. the nfl writes its rules right when the cfl came along they took what the nfl did and changed some things but they right. wrote their own rules sure pga tour and writing its own rules okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> thank you brian <laughs> right so, yes, there is that piece, right? Do we, does the PGA Tour, are they going to adopt it? Right? Again, this is just a, you know, a, a local rule, as they said, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. This is a local rule, and they can choose to adopt it or not, and we're going to go into a six-month period where everybody's going to be talking right. about it and handing you know, their two cents, and then sometime around August, you know, they're going to take all of that feedback, and they're going to muddle through it and then come out and decide if this is going to happen or not. And if it does, it'll go into effect in January of 2026. So we got a long time. we got a long runway here, but it's going to be interesting to see. And, again, the reaction is fast and furious. They've heard a ton of it already. Right. We've got six months from the, for the manufacturers to weigh in and all of that sort of thing mm. because they're the ones mm. that are going to have to come yeah. up with this yeah, new ball. A lot of money involved, so that might yeah. make people uh, yes. rethink some things. So, right. yes. I mean, look, let's not kid ourselves. Follow the money. Is there a right? com- is there a, is there a compromise here too? I'd <laughs> like to know that. You know, somewhere are they throwing it out there? The RNA and USGA that they're going here. Okay, you're here. Can we meet somewhere? We meet in the- in the I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard that, but it doesn't yeah. mean that that's not going to happen. So, so, somewhere there's always a compromise. <laughs> there's always an agenda for <laughs> someone else. Right. Always it an is. agenda. Yes. So. Could we see more of that? 100% we could mm-hmm. see more of that. It's going to be interesting to hear as things leak out between now and August, who is saying what, what's on the table, and what are they considering, or is this hard and fast? We're either going to do this or we're not. To, to Colin's point, to your point, JR, there are a lot of ways to come at this from a different angle. Sure. It doesn't have to be the golf ball. It could be the equipment. You know, shafts back in the day, and you'll, we'll hear a clip in a little bit from Lanny Watkins, who talks about back mm-hmm. in the day he used to have a 100-gram shaft in his clubs. Right. right. Now right. he's sw- now he's swinging. I'm swinging a 50, 55 gram. Mm-hmm. You know, so swing speeds are going to going to change because of that as a result of that. So there's a lot to get into and a lot of reaction. And we want to give you all of it. We're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into that. You'll hear clips from former players, current players, 
JR and myself. This is the golf show on 680 The Fan and 93.7. Oh, it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. All right, we are back here on the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Who's driving? Well, apparently the USGA and the RNA are who's driving, and apparently they want you to drive it less far. They got a whole lot of data around how far the golf ball is flying, and they don't like it. They want to pull it back. So that's who's driving, brought to you by Ray Judice. All right, JR. So we've heard a lot from current players and former players. I tell you, let's talk, let's talk about some of the current players that have spoken out this week. We've got a couple of clips from JT. Let's start with him. My reaction was disappointed and also not surprised, to be honest. I think the, the USGA over the years has, in my eyes, it's harsh, but made some pretty selfish decisions. They've definitely done a lot of things that aren't for the betterment of the game, although they claim it. So here we go, right? We're pointing the finger at the USGA. It's their fault. They, they claim to be the ones out there that are trying to do what's best for the game of golf. JT is not buying it. You buying it? I'm buying, I'm buying JT. <laughs> I agree with him 100%. I mean, I, you look at a lot of things that the USGA has done in the past, and some of it's remarkably how they set up the golf courses for the U.S. Opens and, and so on and so forth. There's been so many different things. Um, JT, I agree 100%, man. I mean, uh, let's let's – He's coming for their necks right off the bat. Right. <laughs> right? Yes, and exactly. He's, and he's not the only one coming for the USGA. I had an opportunity to spend some time with John Cook earlier this week on my show, Next on the Tee, and, and John, uh, John Cook goes right uh, for the same spot. Let's hear what he had to say. Who wants to roll the ball back? I don't want to be 20 yards shorter. Are you kidding me? They let it get out of control. It's the USGA's fault from the beginning. It has nothing to do with the players. They're only taking advantage of what they are given. I think the USGA missed the boat years ago by not upgrading their standards, not upgrading how they tested the golf ball years ago. It's not the player's fault. Don't roll that ball back. Maybe it's at its limit. I'm good with right now, stopping everything right now. That's fine. But it's like in IndyCar racing or any racing, Formula One, whatever, they start rolling everything back. And you know what happens? The engineers outrun them and they figure out a way to make it better anyway. I don't understand this. And the tour has talked about bifurcation for so long. We don't want to do that. We don't want to bring this in. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. There we go. Right. right? Cookie is one of your OSU guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Kim 100% again. That's just, uh, and, and, and I don't see a big issue, like he said, if you, if you limit it where it's at now and we don't have to go past that. Rolling back, I mean, it, it just makes no sense. With technology in today's world and people are getting better, give some of that, you know, due diligence of why this works. You know, it'd be kind of like in a totally different analogy, but, you know, it's like open heart surgery from now, from 20 years past. I mean, would you want to roll the heart back? Yeah, yeah. The doctor's technology. I mean, you're going in. No, that that's that's too easy for you. Let's make it a little more difficult. Yeah, you're going down. On, you're going down on the gurney to have the surgery. So, oh, sorry, sir, you can't use today's technology because it's keeping too many people alive. So let's go back. You you get you get the scalpel. You don't get the you don't get this. You know. Uh, interesting. That's an interesting take. I like it. You know. Um, 
Justin Thomas goes a little bit further, right? We understand, you know, he he comes in about, you know, why is this good for the game? Let's hear the rest of what JT had to say. I don't understand how it's growing the game. For for them to say in the same sentence that golf is in the best place it's ever been, everything is great, but, and I'm like, well, there there shouldn't be a but. It's You're, you're trying to create a, a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. It's so bad for the game of golf. I mean, some of the great great things to me is the fact that you can play the exact same golf ball that I play. I mean, that that's cool. For, for an everyday amateur golfer, it's very unique that we are able to play the exact same equipment. You can go to the pro shop and buy the same golf ball that I play or Scotty Sheffield plays or whatever. The USGA wants to bring it to a point where that's not the case. That just doesn't, I don't, I don't understand how that's better for the game of golf. All right. So I, I like some of that, but l- let's not kid ourselves. JT, you and I are not playing the same golf ball that JT is playing or that Scotty Scheffler is playing or anybody understand. else is playing. We, we may play the same brand of golf ball and we may even want to say I'm playing a pro V1 or a pro V1X. But that Pro V1 you're pulling out of the sleeve ain't the same one JT is pulling out when he goes to play today. But it's close. It's close. It's there close. shouldn't be a butt. <laughs> it's, it's close. I threw one in there, but it's close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to, to a sense. I mean, referencing back to what you talked about, the 20 yards yeah. in the 20 years, you know, the thing that I've read is when the Pro V1 and Pro V1X came out, when they first came out, which was about 20 years ago, there was the, the initial jump right there was 10 yards with that golf ball. So the next 18, yeah. 19 years, it's only been 10 yards. You know, the golf ball did make a difference back then, back to what John Cook said. Okay, the, the, the can's been open. The worms are out. You're not putting the toothpaste back in the toothpaste. <laughs> I mean, if you cap it, test it fairly. Let's move on to another day. Let's do things with the golf course. When did they start playing, like, 500-yard par fours? Like, was that a thing back 20 years ago? No, no way, right? No. no, no way. Yeah, I mean, you know, we started to get over that, at least my, from my recollection, was at Augusta National when they started to lengthen 11. Right, from, right, yeah. You know, 470, whatever it was, to all of a sudden then it was, you know, 500, and now it's over 500 yards. So <laughs> Yeah, you can't. Back in the day, going to the Masters, you could see where they teed off on eleven. Now, if you go, you can't. You can't. You don't. They're a hundred yards back. You've been there, done where that. Where they go? Right. Yep. Yeah, it's back there. So, to the point of what other things could we do? Lanny Watkins had some ideas on the thoughts of the golf ball and what some other options were. I don't think there's any question, Eamon. I, I We had to, the first thing you had to do with the soft, spinny ball we played was learn to control the trajectory. Every single shot, you had to look at how where you wanted to flight it to accommodate the wind, the firmness of the green, everything else, the whole locations. Uh, it, it was all involved, and the talented players could hit it any place you wanted with accuracy and curve it both ways. And even on Champs Tour, I, I see very few players that move it both ways. So there you go, right? There's there's a reaction from a guy who's played a long time, right? Sure. Our players asked to do more today than they were asked to do 20, 30, 40 years ago. Personally, I, I agree with what he said about them being able to spin the ball, control their ball better. Right. Uh, back in the day, they were more shot makers. I mean, if you looked at the guys back playing golf 20, 30, 40 years ago, the swings didn't all look very similar. You know, I, I teach golf, and that's the thing. Most people that teach now have the same technology, the same analytics. 
to basically teach the same way. Obviously, not everyone's going to swing the golf club the same way because they're different sizes, they're different ages, and different things come into play. But, yeah, they were shot makers back then. They had to be. You know, look at Lee Trevino's swing compared to, you know, the swings of today. You don't see that swing. on, And, and that's great. You know, they they were great in their day, and I'm not disrespecting those people because I grew up in that era seeing some of the greats, Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer's swing was not something of beauty. It was something good of how he made it work. Arnold Palmer, if he was here today, I guarantee you he wouldn't want to change the golf ball. He'd want to see the growth of the game be where it's at. And I just I think the guys, some of the guys, the older guys that I hear speaking against it are the guys that afraid of maybe, well, my the records, you know, these are going to break. You know, you know, records are made to be broken. Yep. I mean, yeah. you know, I spoke with my uncle of 88 years old yesterday. He played four years of collegiate golf at Ohio State, and he's very conservative. And I was interested to hear what he had to say because he takes strong opinions on everything, and I thought he might go the way of Lanny Watkins. And no, he said, he says, you can do things to the golf course. The greens can be ch- shape differently you can add on more undulation on the greens you can you know i've always said narrow the fairways take driver out of their hand you know if you want to hit driver pay the premium if you hit it out of play now grow the roughs up yes there's there's so many things you to lanny's point you know it was like a good 10 15 minute interview to add a little more context he was more referring to are the players asked to do less not as much are they doing like are they capable of doing more just are they asked to do less by the tour, the way the course is set up, the way the equipment is, all right. that sort of a thing? So I can right. see his side, but, you know. Yeah. So but let's take where you started at, JR. You talked about shot makers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So golf is a game of skill as it just as much as it is as power, Certainly. right? Certainly. So shot shaping was a thing back in the day. The golf ball flies farther and straighter now than no, it ever has. No question. Right? You know, so, here's a guy. So – are we asking to what Cullen and, and Lanny Watkins are pointing out? Are we asking today's players to do less? Now, are, you know, do they have to play left to right shots, right to left shots, trajectory high, low, use all the clubs and their bag throughout the round multiple times? Are we just getting into it? This is a driver scoring iron. And by scoring iron, I mean seven, eight, nine pitching wedge. Right. Right. Is that right. all there is to the game of golf now? Because you hit it so far. Right, and if you if you're not Augusta National and you can't afford to keep putting back tees forty fifty yards over buying the years, property, buying a property, <laughs> buying the golf course behind buying, you, exactly. and, and and land, if you can't do that, are are we now because the the skill of shaping a shot mm-hmm. it has less of a premium mm-hmm. because you're hitting these you know scoring irons into greens, right? We you know. Like, like we're going to see at Augusta National in a couple of weeks, right? They moved the 13th tee back, right? Because why? Because guys were hitting driver pitching wedge to, to the par five. five, right? Right. So are we asking less of the player today? Is it less of a skill game because of where we're at? Possibly. I mean, but again, you can, you, with, you can still do things with the golf course, not that don't, that any golf course can do. I mean, reshape some greens, like I said. Yeah. Reshape fairways, contouring of fairways. Put some bunkers, some fairway bunkers in where they're not. Those things can be done at Riviera. I mean, you're not sacrificing a great golf course because they obviously are landlocked there. I mean, they can't do what Augusta done in reference to what you said. So you can make it more challenging. And you know what? The guys then are still playing the same ball, supposedly, the the average tour. 
to tour players playing to the amateur golfers playing. Right. And and in today's world, right, it doesn't really matter what you do. You're going to get criticized either way because Certainly. doing what you're talking about, are, are we now tricking up the golf course because because of the equipment and the distance? To your point, I mean, some of the things that I've, I've said all along is, look, let's put some ponds out at 320, 330, 340, right? right? Let's, let's put some gullies. Let's put some bunkers that have a really high front lip on it that is now going to be very penal if you happen to hit it in Start there. Start putting some water fountains and stuff out on the course. <laughs> yeah, put the, put, that's what I was going to Put the windmill on the green. That's what, right? Oh, that's that, what I was going to say. Great point, that's, Colin. That's where we go, right? Because, yeah. you know, as you mentioned a minute ago, right, do we put more undulations on the green? Well, then people are going to say, what do you have to do? You had to hit it through the clown's mouth. You got to, you know, all that kind of stuff on the green. So, I mean, there's, there's things on both sides of this. Right? Well, but, what but do if, you but, do? But in regards, if you did that, the amateur then playing the golf course that the tour player is playing, he can experience some of that thing. I mean, that's obviously Augusta National has done very well with a lot of undulation in their greens. Right. And uh, nobody seems to mind that. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard anybody. I mean, nobody's ever said, man, you know, Augusta, go flatten your greens. I don't understand. That ain't coming. <laughs> right. So... Yes, and there are other things we've talked about. You talked about narrow the fairways, grow up the rough, and all that sort of stuff. Make the rough so thick that if you hit it in there, you're just hacking it out back into play. You can't spin it. You can't, you know, use a, you know, a wedge or whatever it is because that's going to hit the green. It's going to bounce over and, over and go over the okay, green. Okay, and, 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 and to that point, let's let's use Pebble Beach as a great example of that. Look at the scores over the years when they played. You know, they play the Pebble Beach. When they play in the, in the spring or the late winter, obviously, then look at what's happened four months later when they've played the U.S. Open there. The scores that win the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach are very much different than what won it in January when they yep. played there. Yep. And, and you know what? And I think they were still playing the same golf ball in June that they were playing it in February. Yep. So there, there's things you can do. All right, so we've got we've got a lot of feedback so far. We have one more. Hal Sutton was another guest with me earlier this week. Let's let's get what Hal's thoughts were. I think it's a great idea and far too late. I just think the golf ball's gotten out of hand. It's cost the consumer so much money. It's unbelievable. Everybody that's a member of the golf course, they've had to leave their course. They've renovated, made some golf courses obsolete. Money has driven the game for a long time, and the manufacturers want to make all the money they can. They've told the world on how much further the new driver goes. You read the fine print, it says it's got 110 miles an hour speed. The game is a lot more than just the distance you hit it. It's turned into that, which is a little bit frustrating to me because John Cook, who's on next, we all worked on trying to hit the ball straight because that meant something. The straight ball doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. So there you go, right? There was a premium on being able to hit the ball straight because back in the day, the ball was spinnier, harder to control, right? We, right. So now, not so much. So, it, so there's that. And we talked about money, right? Follow the money. So there's a thing, right? There's a lot of money in this. And sure. part of what Hal said was part of it is being paid by you and me. Mm-hmm. And, and by, by that, we mean golf balls are more expensive. Fees, whether you're playing at your local muni or you're playing at a, a, a public course or your private course. When you're adding more distance, more, more land, right, there's more maintenance to be had. Fees go up. We end up paying that price. Are you seeing anything along those lines? I, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, Jr. But I'm guessing at Dogwood or, or, or at Chateau Elan, where you were previously, mm-hmm. it was a lot cheaper to play there then than it is now. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that, Chris, and you bring that point up. Golf 
I think in the Atlanta market was very expensive back in the 90s. I was telling the old Pine Isle course, it's no longer there. Back in the early 90s, it, it, on a weekend, it was like $80 to play there before they, had, before they closed it. A weekend out there was like $32 because the market, there were so many golf courses being built in Atlanta. So yeah, golf, I think, pricing is somewhat leveled out or is very close to what's going on with everything else in the world, you know, as far as groceries cost more, this cost, everything costs more. So that I, I get that. Um, making the golf course obsolete by the length that the golf, co- golf courses are that most of the people play golf? No. I mean, my, my members at the club, I've I talked to so many of them in the past two or three days to get their feelings. Yeah. I did not hear one of them say, Good job, USGA. I think that's what we ought to be doing. No, people want to they want to hit the golf ball farther. I mean, it and it doesn't Well, we are, right? Yeah. I mean, but we can. It's, well, but, it's but just it, the pros we're talking about, it, right? But it, but again, they want to play the same I I I would never I, I don't see me ever being on board with with the change. I just we think talking the guys about practice. Yeah. yeah <laughs> tell them tell them AI. Not exactly. A game, not a game. That's right. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Tell them, yeah, get out and work, man. Go go lift more. Go get in better shape. And you can hit I mean, don't penalize the people that are doing things to make it go farther by so, rolling them back. So let's but let's let's take a, a sideways step on that one. Okay. All right. So we're only talking about the, the pros here, right? Now right? one of the things that we're gonna have to figure out, and they didn't even say pros, they said elite, elite. players. Elite. Right? So we need a definition of What's where, a, who's, who's, who's elite? Who's elite? elite? High school golfers. Golf. Uh, high school golfers, college golfers. Tour. Yeah, so at some point we need to know Live where tour golfers. Where's, where's that line? <laughs> Antiquated system. Where, where is the line for elite? Because I'm, yeah. I'm. So let me let me expand on that just a little bit. You're a PGA professional, right? right? You you could compete to get into the PGA right sure. PGA championship sure. every year, right? Absolutely. You could qualify. You could get out there and you could get in it, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. every day, are you elite? Do we need to roll your golf ball back for you and your peers? If, if you if you follow me around now at sixty years old, it, it's getting shorter. So if you're basing a lead on distance, uh, I'm not close to a lead anymore, Chris. But where? But who is elite? Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, what, yeah. What for your PGA professionals? It, it, are we, they elite? Yeah. Do we judge elite on club head speed? How far they hit it? Ball speed? What, what? Yeah, again, right. how but many tournaments be, you've won? But yeah, but it, right, it can't be the onesie twosie, right? It can't be based on no, your my be club blanket. head speed versus yours because right. you and I are going to go out and play in the the dogwood, you know, right. member guest. So you got to play a different ball, or I got to play a different ball than everybody else. I can't believe that that's where they would go. It's got to be at a. Is it at the college level? Are we talking about once you get through college and you're you turn pro? So you're going out on the Corn Ferry Tour or the Epson Tour on the ladies' side. So now you got to have this golf ball. Yeah. So now you got to learn all over again. Which clubs do you need to hit and that sort of thing? So is that the cutoff? Well, and that's another thing you just brought up with you know with the ladies' tours and and so on and so forth. If they do that to the ladies, I mean, it's, it's unfair. I mean, why make them? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I just it's it beside me sometimes when I think about. Again, I'm I'm all for capping it. Yeah, cap it. That's good. Okay. Yeah. But don't don't roll it back. Let me let me throw something else by you. Let me okay. throw you a curveball because here's something I saw yesterday on Twitter. Okay. A guy tweets out like, "Let's roll the ball back for everybody." But let's add a T, forward T, for people so that now you're picking the appropriate T. And it got some reaction from guys out on the Champions Tour who said, wow, that just makes too much sense. 
We just add tees, and everybody picks the appropriate tee based on how far you hit it. that handicap. worked. Yeah. Well, so, here's my feelings on that. I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. That's why I started laughing when you said that because I'm like, you know, Longleaf, that's the U.S. kids' golf course up in the Carolinas, they do that. They don't have a color on their tee boxes. They have them numbered. I think it's one through seven. And right there, if you fly the ball this far, this is where we recommend you play. And if you don't, if you want to play the wrong set of tees, oh, guess what they've done? It's rough moving. If you hit it right down the middle, you're still going to be in the rough. Wow. Because, and I think that's innovative. That. I, I put a senior ladies tee out at Dogwood this year because I had so many ladies that played golf, and they'd have 28, 32, 35 handicaps. And a lot of the members say, oh, they can't play. No, I teach these ladies. They can play. They just don't hit it far enough. I mean, if you think about the length for a lady's tee box and say the average lady hits it 30, 40 yards less than the average male, okay? So if you make the tee box for a lady 40 yards farther up, okay, so now we might be both at the 150-yard marker hitting our second shot into the green. Well, I'm going to tell you what. There's not many ladies that play the same – play the game of golf that they hit up from 150, which you and I hit from 150. If you and I are standing out at the 150-yard marker with JT, I guarantee you he ain't going to be pulling a club out of the bag that we're pulling out of the <laughs> there bag. There shouldn't be a butt. So it's, <laughs> shouldn't be a butt. Thank you. So, that, you know, so, yeah, I like the tee system. I mean, play the appropriate tee. Play your ball then. Yes. I love I that love idea. It. I'm on board. If they want to roll the ball back for everybody – and we play, and, and you make a, a, a good point in there, a numbering system. I think we got to get away from the traditional red, Colors. white, blue, and, and, black. And I did that. I because did that. it's got too much of a stigma to it. Right. I don't totally. want to play the... That's a great point, Chris. Like, if we totally change that system up to where, oh, you have this handicap, you play from these tees. Or yes. you hit the ball this far, you play from... Rather than, oh, oh, let's just play up. Because people, people have so much pride, they yes. don't want to move up. I play with my 85-year-old grandpa... He still will not want to play from the senior tees if he is the only person in the group playing from the senior tees. Wow! Yeah, and you're you're going to have you're going to have that. You know, it's a tee color. I don't have the red tee out at Dogwood anymore. I, may, I I painted them silver, and now I let you know the men now that are seventy five and older they can play from there in tournament golf, and they don't play. Oh, I'm playing the red tee because the red tee of the stigma is always it's a ladies' tee box. No, yep. there no, there's no gender. In the tee boxes. Yes, 100%. Should not be. Love those ideas. Yes. I think that's the way I agree. we should go. And let's not forget, by the way, and JT, we talked about this prior to the show going live, that back in the day, the British golf ball was smaller than the American version. one point six two skinnier. inches versus 1.68 inches. The weights were different. The British version flew longer and straighter than the American ball, which is why the Americans. That's not right. When Americans would go over there to play in the Open Championship, I'm going to use that ball. Sure. Right? So there is is some precedent here for changing the golf ball. It was back in 1974. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, I mean, as you and I mentioned, back in the day, I think, 1970 or 72 is when that rule kind of changed. Uh, I hit that golf ball, but I was 10 years old at the time, so I didn't I didn't notice any different. I just thought it was cool because it was smaller. I mean, it's just and it looked yeah. you, and you could like, like hitting the Super Bowl. It's not. It wasn't a big difference, but you could definitely tell the difference when you had it in your hand. It looked totally different. Right. That was that was that, that was cool. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll finish up on this topic, and uh, we'll talk about what's going on at the Valspar, maybe a little bit of live golf in there, because you know i got to do it.
You got to live. You got to love to live. <laughs> this is the Golf Show on the Fed, 680 and 93.7 FM. Are you elite? Do we need to roll your golf ball back for you and your peers? If, if, you, if you follow me around now at 60 years old, it, it's getting shorter. <laughs> so if you're basing elite on distance, uh, I'm not close to elite anymore, Chris. Atlanta's best golf experts right here on Atlanta's Golf Station. Now more of the Golf Show on Atlanta's Sports Station, the Fed. Love it. We are Love back here on the golf show on the fan thing. 680 and 93.7 FM. Love that. You are the man in black today. Look at you. <laughs> I know. I got, my you got a little Johnny Cash. You got the man in black, man got, in black behind I the mic. Oh, I got my Gary player going today. You do. You do. All right, let's finish up on this distance issue. And the other last thing I really wanted to bring up, JR, is how many swings and bodies mm. have been messed up because they're out there chasing distance. We saw Rory. Mess up his swing for a little while trying sure. to chase and match DeChambeau's distance, right? Particularly last year at the at the API when he was driving it over that pond uh, on the par five. We've we've seen Jordan change his swing, chasing more distance. Will Zalatoris last year with the back, and now he's trying to come back. And then how many of Tiger's surgeries, oh, the knees, the, the back, yeah, and the torque that he was generating to get that distance? I don't know. Uh, to me, that's another hidden sort of issue. We have with sure. chasing distance. Well, you can take you can take that to the, the amateur level. How many golfers do you see swing at it and jump out of their shoes and, and hurting themselves that way, trying to swing harder to hit the ball farther? Right. So yeah, I mean the body the body's breaking down. I mean Bryson said himself he you know he backed off a lot because of what was happening to his body chasing distance and it, yeah, it's, right. the so, bodies are only made to do. I always say there's so many swings in a back, so many throws in an arm. So many beats in a heart, and yep. we do things that can increase or decrease, of course. Right. And I think that increases the the, the yes. chance of, of cutting you back. Yes. How many backs are we ruining? How many knees are we, are, are we right. you know, having injuries to because we're snapping our bodies in a way, trying to swing out of our shoes, to your point, trying to chase more distance. So there's just one other hidden thing that, we, that, uh, that this is causing. All right, so let's move on. The, the Valspar going on this week well, that's and right there is an event there, yeah, other, we, other than yes, the golf there's, ball there's actually golf nobody's, happening. Talk, nobody's talking about the event <laughs> though i mean and actually not to bust your chops on the live tour has an event this live week too. Has nobody's event. nobody's talking about that <laughs> other than you eh, well you know. i know you don't want to hear that no no you no live lover <laughs> right. that's right but valspar's got an, an interesting leaderboard jordan Spieth, speaking of is right there, only a stroke back. And, and J.R., uh, J., I don't know if you've looked at his scorecard, but Jordan, I think, has started to take over for Phil Mickelson for, for the joy ride. Good point. Right, during, during the course of a round. I mean, yesterday he, he leaps into, you know, toward the top of the leaderboard with an eagle on one. Yep. He birdies five, bogeys seven, birdies eight, bogeys 10, birdies 11, bogeys 13, birdies 14, bogeys 15, birdies 16. And finishes with a bogey to end up one stroke out of the lead. But, I mean, the thrill ride or yeah. the roller coaster that Jordan is taking us on through the course of his rounds is unbelievable. Yeah, he shot 68 and I made three pars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's amazing how that game works for people. I mean, back in my younger days, if I made three, four, five birdies in a round, that's the, that's the round I was invariably going to make a double or a triple. I mean, I, I, I can't explain why, but it just <laughs> – I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. But, yeah, yeah you're right. He is ping-ponging back and forth. 
around the scorecard these days. He really days. is. To me, to me, he's become without Phil on the tour now. He's become the Phil you know, Mickelson. Here's a guy. And 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 you know, and I know Jordan has a great affinity for Arnold Palmer. We all remember him mic'd up at the Masters a few years ago. You know, saying to Michael Greller, "What would Arnie do?" Right. Right. I feel like that's where Jordan is because first of all, he can't keep his drives anywhere on the fairway, so he's having to hit it from everywhere. Right. But again. That's you know that's the in the grand tradition of Mr. Palmer in the grand tradition of of Phil Mickelson can't keep the ball in the fairway they're hitting it from everywhere they're interesting to watch they're going to take you on a thrill ride for about four hours on a Sunday afternoon goes back to the term we talked about earlier shot maker yeah yeah he's yeah. got to be a shot, shot maker, maker because of that right speaking of uh, Mickelson did you guys see what Freddie Couples had to say about him recently on the Live Tour yes actually. What did he say? I, I got to hear this one, Colin. He basically said, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, if you want to pay him $100 million to shoot 74 and 75, <laughs> right. you are crazy. Great job, Freddie. I love <laughs> you even, I love you even more, Freddie. <laughs> right. That's exactly what they so said. So why do you love Liv so much? <laughs> yeah, why do you, Chris? Look, I, you know, you're going to get off on a rant. But look, <laughs> the Liv Tour to me... And, and the reason why I love it is because, as we've said, and like we said it last week in the, in the Chris and J.R. were right segment, because right. we are, if it wasn't for Liv, none of the changes that are happening on the PGA Tour would have ever taken place. Everything would have stayed as is, and we would not see elevated events and all right. of the things that we're seeing. And oh, I 100% no agree with you. All that no okay. Fair enough. No so, question. So that's the, that's the value that the Live Tour has brought to the PGA Tour. I'm not, you know, and, and when BK and I were talking last night, hey, did you did you see that Live was on, you know, a lot of the WB uh, WB channels this this week? I'm like, actually, to be honest with you, no, I isn't, didn't, because I didn't watch it. CW or CW? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yes. Didn't even know. Yeah. The CW, right? No. You no, nobody knows the network. Right. Name. But you know. I, I love the fact that Liv came along because it impacted the PGA Tour and it has changed the way it has always been. It's not the stale tour anymore. Right. They're, they're becoming not more innovative. System. Right. They're, they're changing the way that the PGA Tour is going forward. And if it wasn't for them, none of the changes would have happened. So I respect the fact. Look, the other thing that, that has come about is Phil Mickelson was right. That's what we've learned. Phil went to the tour. He had a lot of ideas for change. They didn't want to listen to him. They said, that's nice, Phil. Go back and play. And he was right. I'm and not going to sit here and lie. The changes that, that he brought about are great for the tour. The thing, yeah, and I think the thing most people are getting aside from where the money's coming from, I don't want to get into that political yeah, yeah. arena at all, I, but I still think a lot of it is financially that these guys now are just getting money thrown at them just to come and play golf, and it, it defeats the whole purpose of what golf was about is you, you, you can win as much as you want to win. You just have to go out and get better and, and play harder if you want to win more money. And it yep. just kind of it brings in that whole participation award trophy that, hey, you know what? I showed up. Give me my trophy. Hey, I came in last place, but I got a trophy. Look, Mom, <laughs> I, I'm coming home. Little Johnny gets in the car. And that's, I think, for me, that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. So are you going to watch the final round of the Live Tour? Oh, by the way, out on Tucson, Mark Leishman, two-stroke lead over Sergio. This I, is a waste of everybody's time. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> I agree. I, no, I probably won't. You're I've not going to watch that? I'll, I will watch the Valspar, of course, uh, and I've got a Unfortunately, I got a date with a big pile of leaves in my backyard. This Sorry time. to hear that. Yeah, I know. You want to come over and do some yard work? Oh, no. That's a hard no. 
Um, so unlike Jordan Spieth, who is the the roller coaster ride, Tommy Fleetwood. I, I was really glad to see Tommy Fleetwood like play Tommy. some good golf. If you look back at, at the TPC, got himself into contention there. Yeah. Got himself back into contention this week at the Valspar. Now he's he's the un-Jordan Spieth. Because he shot 69 yesterday, just he like Jordan like 14, did. 14, 15 pars or something, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he made 16 pars yeah. and two birdies. So he's, he's Mr. Steady Eddie. I love the fact that Tommy, though, is back on top of the I think that's harder to do, to go do? make 16 pars in a round than the other way Jordan I completely was. agree. Yeah, it is. That's, that's my game, too. Super inconsistent. I'll make a double. I'll make a par. I'll make a bogey. I'll make a birdie. I'll make a double. I'll make a par. But isn't that harder on you stress-wise? Well, stress-wise, stress wise, it's, it's saying, harder on you. And I don't right? think I don't choose it. Yeah, that's how I don't choose it That's just kind of how it goes. I mean, but to go out there and make 14, 15, 16 pars, that's tough. How, how many times have you gone and played around a golf and hit 12, 13 fairways? Right. You want to. You want to. But yes. that doesn't happen very often. It really either. doesn't. Going right. back to the uh, Valspar, I don't know if y'all saw this, that Rondé Barber is the chairman of the tournament now. And he, uh, I saw a video on, I think it was the PGA Tours yes. uh, Twitter account. And they, he went around talking to all the players and, you know, making sure they knew he was the guy in charge. And it was, it was very him. interesting. Yeah, new career. Yeah, good no, for him. and it's right there on uh, PGATour.com. You can in see Tampa, that video. Or Tampa area. Right. Yeah, 100%. When you look down the rest of this leaderboard, for me, Jr. Zach Blair is a is a next on the TLM. I'm glad to see I'm glad to see Zach back near the top of a leaderboard. There's a, there's a lot of good names that have sort of come back from from parts unknown. David Lingmurth. David Lingmurth, and last week too. I saw yes. his name last week. I was like, I remember this kid, this guy when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. David Lingmurth, who, yeah. who won the Memorial several years ago, yeah. Yeah, right? He did. Yes, and he, did. He, he got himself into contention at the players, and here he is again, tied for tenth, four under par. Kevin Streelman's on there. I mean, he's not in contention, but he's two under par. That that's a name from you know, it's been around there a little bit. So yep. yes. Uh, Adam Shank leading the tournament. I'm not sure with that last name. That's that's from out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a that's a guy. Blah. That's a, that's a guy destined for the PGA Tour when you have a last name of Shank. I'm not sure. It's kind of kind of like having a last name playing golf of hooker. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be a you don't want to be a hooker on a golf course either. I didn't you know? feel the need to acknowledge him. Right, slicer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then of course Webb Simpson, six under par, two strokes back, tied for fourth. Great guy. Yeah, he is very yeah. steady. Very steady. I mean, just kind of, he's kind of vanilla. I mean, he doesn't, personality's not hmm. a lot. But, yeah, I mean, USO, past U.S. Open winner. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Good to see him playing some good golf as yes. well. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to see how this tournament pairs. You know, look, decent leaderboard, huge Jordan Spieth fan. Love to see Tommy Fleetwood in there. Webb Simpson, it could be a really exciting final round. Yeah, I, I agree. I think. Yeah, I think the winner's probably going to be somewhere around 11 under par. You think? 10, 11, yeah. So I is think this so. is this going to be one of the elevated events or no? Good question. Not sure. Because this may be one of the last times we see, you know, Spieth and yep. some big names yeah. in this tournament. Yeah, yep. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Now, I'd, I'd be surprised, but it is a, yeah. it's in Florida. Well, because, it's a good well time. but the reason being, you know, the Genesis is going to be an elevated event. We know that. Yep. Bay Hill's going to be an elevated event. I just think if you jam True. them all in that closely, they're going to want to spread them out because these guys are not going to want to play the elevated events that consecutively. Right. Especially yep. getting closer to the Masters. Right. All right. It's been fun, JR. Yeah, it's been very interesting. A lot of... Uh... We don't even need Brian. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Who needs him? <laughs> yeah. 
Give, give him give him the next week. Huh? No, 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 <laughs> probably not. No. Yeah, next week, Brian's probably back. Maybe not. There could be a putt-putt tournament he needs to go take care of. Who knows? Been there, done that. Either way, J.R. Ross, Colin Madden, maybe Adam Crooks and I will definitely be here. Great job, fellas. Folks, it's going to be a great Sunday. Go enjoy it. I'm anti-turtle. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.